All right, welcome to Perpetually Dissatisfied, where we bring guests in to talk about things that annoy them, uh, either socially, politically, or whatever else it can be. Um, And so um, the reasoning for this podcast, I was thinking of um, sharing thoughts with the world of things that millennials might think, right? (laughs) Um, And so I want to introduce my first guest, who is amazing. Um, (laughs) Who is a Kenyan reality TV star, a supermodel, an entrepreneur, (laughs) like all these things that like make a badass woman. Um, And so I'd like to introduce... Dana Hi, I'm so excited to be here for the first podcast, Adam. I'm excited as well. How are you doing? I am good. You know, just here, enjoying my holiday. Happy to talk about things that annoy me because, good Lord, do I not get to do that enough? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Dana and I have known each other for a very long time. I would say, like... Longer than I want to admit. Yeah, like... Longer than I want to admit being a woman that works in entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> we went to high school together. We partied together on multiple occasions. Worked together at one point. Yeah. Uh, we were such babies. Um, oh, God. I know. So um, I'm going to let Dana kind of just, you know, go into a little bit of depth about who she is, what work she brings to the table, um, mm-hmm. you know, how she would explain herself. Oh, I thank you. So, long story short, that was a lovely introduction. Um, My main job right now is I'm actually a talk show host for a talk show that does take place in Nairobi called Let's Talk. Check it out. It's on Ever TV. You can find it on YouTube. Shameless plug. Um, Been living abroad for like eight years since I was 17 and I am about to be 26. Um, But yeah, I I do a lot of work on social issues out there. in, in various capacities, I've worked for with women's rights. I work with a school, uh, a high school out there, and um, doing a lot of work with like ending period shame, things like that. So I am perpetually dissatisfied with a lot of things. Funny enough, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am I'm dissatisfied with a lot of social things right. and political things. Um, but I, I I guess as far as you know the the question of what do you bring to the table? I mean, what does anyone bring to the table other mm-hmm. than like their opinion and you know the I think the entire point of a podcast is not the entire point but a good portion of a podcast like this is is to make the viewer feel like they're not alone in, in their opinion <laughs> you know is, is 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 other than the interest that you might have in the topic but also making sure that you feel like like oh I'm assuming we're swearing on this podcast. Like, yeah. oh, like, fuck, I thought that too, just the other day, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I'm I'm excited to, to bring those feelings to the table, which I'm sure you are as well, Adam. Yeah, definitely. And I know that, like, I mean, you've been in the spotlight in a couple times in, oh, in Kenya. It, and so I'm, I'm just, I think for people to understand, like, what is life like being someone who's been on a reality TV show, who's been dealing with general public, dealing with other people's opinions mm. and stuff like that? Um, it's definitely hard. It's, it's interesting because it does relate to the topic that we're talking about today. So I I get, now I get why it's there. (laughs) Um, it's, it's hard because there are sometimes you do feel like you walk on eggshells and especially being someone who considers, you know, herself very, very liberal, especially Mm -hmm. in the context that I work. It's, it's challenging because you do worry about, you know, people coming up to you, people judging you, how are people going to react face to face? Because something that's very unique about Nairobi is, People are not 
so separated, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, the parties that I go to are the parties that sort of anyone goes to. And so people can walk up to you, but something you do also notice, at least when you're a growing name, things get forgotten so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like really the, you get so present to the idea that, that the newsreel really, you know, the cycle really does go, um, definitely get judged harshly for things, you know, my show is not one to, to, because we're prime time on the talk show, we do have to bite our tongues on some things, but mm-hmm. we do do webisodes out there and we do get judged very harshly for those. Um, the people there's, there are some people that actually think that we're talking about anal and threesomes and stuff <laughs> on TV and we have to politely remind them like, no, you know, this is like a separate thing. Right. So there are still people who, who do try and cancel you. Um, <laughs> But at the end of the day, you also realize that it's like any publicity kind of is good publicity. Right. Like as as crap as that sounds, like we're getting watched, we're getting noticed, mm-hmm. you're you're trending and things like that. And 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 the thing is, is like you can always kind of clean things up. It doesn't work so well when you're very established, but mm-hmm. as you are growing, any publicity kind of is good publicity. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. What would you say is like one of the most controversial? like situations that have happened that have like I guess affected people's perception of you um it's a deep question no well, it's it's interesting because it was it was recently um like I said on my show we do something separate from our show and we do like we call them webisodes and it's less talk uncut and we talk about you know more raunchy things in in what we would like to consider a safer space and they're only like 12 minute little mm-hmm. YouTube videos and we had we had talked about, um, like, sexual things in one. And, you know, we talk about sexual things in a lot of them. But the most recent one, like, my, we got asked questions, and it was sort of like truth or drink something nasty. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my co-hosts were asked, like, okay, have you ever done anal? Have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? And people came for us. People came for us. And it actually became so popular that within, I want to say, one week we had 100,000 views and we, we got to trend at, like, number 11. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it became massive. People were tagging this guy who I call the TV Nazi. He's the one who's supposed to decide, like, what's appropriate on the internet and what's oh, appropriate like on TV. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's, you know, quality control. Um, <laughs> and people were like, you know, he needs to take you off the air, blah, blah, blah. And we had to do not necessarily an apology, but we covered it on the show, mm-hmm. talking about what makes it so uncomfortable for people. You know, why why did we get this reaction? Because we were getting called sluts, whores, you know, we're exposing children to, you know, sex and horrible things. And I made the point always like part of the reason we're getting this reaction is because there's so much shame still attached to sex. Mm-hmm. And I was like, especially in Kenyan culture, you know, shame is used as control. It's the easiest way to control right, a massive right. amount of people. And I think how it affects me personally is there's always going to be a tinge of unrelatability for me mm-hmm. because not only am I liberal, not only am I white, but I'm also Jewish. And I talk about that very openly. Mm-hmm. And so instead of this culture of like, you know, she can never be Kenyan, it's just like she will never understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just sort of something I work with because you get the people with 
money who actually watch the show during when the show airs Mm -hmm. are not my viewership. My viewership are the people who went out to search for that episode. The Mm -hmm. people who search for who I am. Those are the ones that are like, you're you're paving a way and sometimes it's really painful to be the trailblazer. Right, right, yeah. No, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. would you say your experience is like, because, you know, you live in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like, you've been there for quite some time. Yeah. God, how many years? I moved officially at 18. Oh, right. Must be 26. <laughs> so first some like, bomb ass yeah. time. Yeah. Your teenage <laughs> to adult years. I know. Uh, so how would you say, like, life in Kenya fields versus life in, like, America? Because you, you go back and forth. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming, like, I guess sometimes, like, traditions or norms or social norms like that. Yeah, affect. it definitely feels different. Um, I would say it's a tough comparison because I don't know what it's like to be an adult in America. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely have forgotten a lot of adult American culture. Um so when I come back, I do feel very touristy in a lot of ways. And what is funny is, you know, in, in Kenya, I, I mean, it's not like, I, I do get stopped on the street. I do get recognized. But so my life is very different in the sense that it's like, I'm a minor celebrity. I, I walk kind of differently over there. Um, and it's like, I stick out so much more there. In America, I blend in. I'm like, a, I'm another white girl with tattoos who really cares about me is just Chicago, <laughs> you know? Um, but in, in Kenya, other than feeling like I stick out I stick out a lot, being young in Kenya is one of the most fun fucking places to be young. <laughs> like, party never stops. There's always something to do. There's, mm-hmm. always, there's always something to be immersed in. Because not only is, like, the culture different, but living in a place that's so culturally heavy, you mm-hmm. know, is, is so such an incredible place to be mm-hmm. um and and so i think that that's you know part of the reason I'll, i don't ever see myself moving back is right. just being somewhere that's so welcoming to immerse you mm. it feels so different you know it just feels so different <laughs> yeah no i mean like i think that's I, you bring duality mm. into a perspective and i think that's something that like so many people don't have unless they come from certain backgrounds like that like for me like yeah. i'm russian Jewish. You have a duality. First, yeah, first gen. Like, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, sometimes I'm just sitting there and, like, looking at just pure-born Americans, and I'm just like, oh, this is cringeworthy. It's, it's so funny to me where it's so obvious is when I talk about languages and how Americans, like, you know, the, the purebred American, mm-hmm. are so terrible at learning new languages. Right. And I think of, like, you and I think of our friend Adrian. I think of, you know, people who got to grow up in a multilingual household. And I'm like, these guys are so fortunate. And, like, these guys, they had, you had no it choice. so rough. You had yeah. it <laughs> so rough growing up because being the child of an immigrant is fucking hard it It really is understanding of the world gets so opened right and it's it's interesting i mean like my background of course is like former soviet parents where they're just like (laughs) they still think stalin is like reading their emails and like (laughs) that's why they refuse to get an email so i totally get that um Mm -hmm. so one of the things that i wanted to talk about real quick before we jump into like our beefy conversation. Yes, the meat. Um, is our favorite moments oh, of each other. So many. I want to start off my favorite moment of, of Dana. Um, 
<laughs> this is back when I was still living here. Oh, and I, funny. the night before, a bunch of my coworkers and I decided to post a note one of our friend's cars <laughs> at the movie theater. I remember. <laughs> and one of the issues that ran up is, like, my stupid self was like, oh, night out with the guys, because I'm, like, really proud of myself. <laughs> um, and so the next morning I woke up a little bit late because I went to sleep super late. And I was, on, I was on my way to get ready for work. And I was using the bathroom. And Dana ended up, like, purposely just, like, distracting me. And I was like, what is she doing? What do you like, mean? And so I go downstairs. Um, and my entire car is covered in cotton balls. I don't remember. Tortillas <laughs> and shaving cream. God, we really fucked you. Yeah, we really did. And I think... It was great payback, but I think what made the moment even funnier was your mother, because I was like, now I'm late, I'm going to have to drive this car to work, and Dana's mom is standing in the middle of the foyer, I don't even know what to call that, the, the entrance of the house. The shoe room. Right. It's, it's not it's, fancy it's, enough to be a foyer. Come on now. And so she's just like laughing at me, and she's like, as I'm leaving, I thought her mom was trying to be serious and say something. And she's like, Adam, Adam. And I turned around and I was like, what? And then she still continued to laugh. <laughs> and so that was my favorite moment of Dana. Aside from the fact that she's like worked with lions and I was able to see that oh. through the internet, but not in person. So, well, you have to come and visit me. I love that your favorite moment about me is really just with my mother. <laughs> like, I was like minorly involved. <laughs> but I mean, that's what, I mean, the thing about being friends with one DeGrazia is you're friends with all DeGrazias. Yeah. Like, that's just... It, we we move as a unit. We're a clan. You know? And you're just... You're part of the clan, whether you fucking like it or not. Right. Oh, God. I feel like all... Our whole friendship has culminated, is in, culminated into something beautiful. I have my, you know, favorite little moments of, like, us being drunk in high school. <laughs> like, thinking we were so bad. Thinking we were the coolest people. Because you know you think you're the coolest person in right. high school. Like, your friends group is the best. We were the coolest. You threw up on the couch. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, I was a sophomore, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, I mean, who handles their alcohol well when they're, like, 15, mm-hmm. 16? Nope. Nobody no does, one. honestly. I loved you living here. But also, like... To me, you're one of the examples, and I feel like we've even told you this. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's like I have a favorite specific memory with you. I just look at you and I'm like, wow, I'm so fucking proud of him. Mm-hmm. Because to me, being someone who's like stable and successful in America is crazy. It is. Like part of the reason I don't wouldn't see myself moving back is because like the idea of being successful here, especially with the career I've chosen, mm-hmm. is 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 a non-possibility. Right. Even when Aaliyah came back and she didn't finish school and it's like student loan debt scare the crap out of me. Paying rent scares the crap out of me. All of these, all of the structures in America that has, you know, that's set in place scare me. And you've always just, to me, been one of the most successful people I know. Mm. And so it's just like, I'm, I'm just proud of who you are. <laughs> Thank you. That's so sweet. Oh, of course. It's so sweet. It's fact. It's, it's been a long journey. Let's it's just... been a fucking journey. <laughs> It's all our journey. awkward phases and all. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is, you know, who you vibe with. And mm-hmm. I think our friendship since day one. Very true. We vibe together. Um, no. 
So yeah, that That's was so cute. Really oh, yeah. I'm Look at you. You are speechless. Oh, boom. Um, so let's jump into our topic. Please. Um, and so today's topic is canceled culture. And so the reason why I, uh, you know, chose this first topic is mainly because, you know, Dana's mm-hmm. a celeb. Oh. Um, and I think that she can, you know, bring a perspective that, you know, a commoner wouldn't. A commoner. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we were just actually talking about this in the kitchen, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. cancel culture essentially is like a celeb or somebody of importance or um, high status. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they'll get... Um, canceled yeah or, which usually they, just means yeah. people are just tweeting Pe- at them yes people at large have decided they no longer want to follow you they don't want to endorse you in any way things like that right. um but like it doesn't always work i don't think it ever works i don't think it ever works um to give a frame you could think of Louis C.K. comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Lizzo has attempted to be canceled. People have, you know, attempted to cancel even, like, Cardi B. People have attempted to cancel so many. I mean, that movie guy who assaulted, like, 80 women whose name escapes me. Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right? I, Feinberg? Some, yeah. Something Feinberg. Yeah. Yes. So, so many people, society has sort of attempted to cancel. But I think... The biggest thing is cancel culture doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Speaking from the standpoint of celebrity, it does it does actually scare the crap out of me um, because at, if it happens to you as you're growing, it can really um, be a detriment to, to you because if you look at the people who have been sort of canceled at large, mm-hmm. um, if they're not super big, they do have to pivot. Like... like um, Feinberg, that guy, he didn't really, he's too big to be canceled as far as, like, having a big financial impact on him. He's too wealthy, like you right. said. He doesn't miss, like, even a few hundred thousand. Um, Louis C.K. pivoted his career and now goes more towards pleasing, you know, right-wing people. Mm-hmm. Um, people who get spoken about canceled but are still in the limelight don't actually get canceled they just sort of get criticized but being criticized is so part of what being famous is right and i mean my job is literally criticizing people what is a talk show host except like you know a fucking bitch with a platform to, 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 <laughs> to judge. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't have, I'm not on this show because I'm saying a bunch of facts to people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the gospel truth. It's literally, I get paid to share my opinion. And so cancel culture scares me because I know it could happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, going back to, you know, any publicity is kind of good publicity as long as you know where to spin it. Right. Because I'll talk about having threesomes. I'll talk about no, there was a time that I got invited into this couple's relationship. We had sex, and then the guy gave me like four hundred dollars, and I was like, "Well, I'd be stupid not to take that," <laughs> like, you know. And I talked about that on the show. And after I said it, I was like, "Shit, how is publicity going to react? How right. is the public going to react?" And then you realize it's like no one puts enough effort into cancel culture that they say they do. Right, and I think like. So I think you bring up a lot of value, like valuable points. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like there's two people in my mind that I feel like, like keep getting canceled. They just stay canceled. Mm-hmm. It's like Azalea Banks. Oh, but she's the worst. <laughs> and then Donald Trump, like true. And like I, 
I mean, at this point, it's probably Biden, too. I don't know. But, a little bit. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I mean, she says some, like, really out of pocket. Like, she just, like, she'll, like, disappear for a little bit, come mm-hmm. back, and just, like, start shit with someone else. But that just proves that she's not canceled. Right. You know? That's because... Because really, when we talk about what we think canceled means as far as this context, it means that, like, we want you to be destitute now. Right, you know, we yeah. want you to no longer matter and, and your whole fan base leaves and you can no longer make money and every aspect of your career is negatively impacted. And it's not. Right. She gets, because there are always the people, I mean, this is why reality TV works. They're the people who get drawn to those statements, the people who want to see you make a car crash out of your life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why she's always going to have followers. Donald Trump will always have followers. Mm-hmm. There's, there's real cancel culture cannot exist because people are drawn to negativity. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I'm like, Whew, like I think of the multi, like multiple, like J.K. Rowling just got canceled, yep. right, mm-hmm. uh, for saying transphobic things mm-hmm. through Twitter. Mm-hmm. RuPaul has been canceled multiple times for similar things. Yeah. Um, gosh, it, like Breaks the list heart. goes on. Like America has been canceled at uh, some yeah. point. Um, and so I'm just thinking, like, is this like more of a social phenomenon that's been happening, like? you know, mm-hmm. now, or is this something that like people are going to realize later in life? Like, okay, people live and learn. Right. Yeah. And so like, I think about back to the election back in like 2015, mm-hmm. 20 something. Yeah. <laughs> like when Hillary was, all this stuff was coming out about her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like she switches sides. And mm-hmm. I mean, like that's a typical politician, but I feel like celebs do the same thing sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I'm just thinking, like, cancel culture itself, like, is this something that people will learn from? Or do you think this is something that, like, is going to stay with them for a while? Um, I think the idea is going to stay for a while because I feel like cancel culture exists because we can be so close now. Mm-hmm. Like, we are, people feel so entitled to celebrity life and what they think and what they're doing and things like that, that cancel culture, I don't think could ever truly dissipate. Mm-hmm. Um, but also not even could it not dissipate, but people like feeling like they have the power to cancel someone, you know, people like feeling like this is, you know, bigger than me. This person needs to be brought down and I'm going to be a part of it. And so it's like cathartic in a way. Um, so I don't think it's ever going to, to leave us. It's just people, not only do people like negativity, but people kind of like being part of negativity. Yeah. I, it's like that mob mentality, you know, like as as like a teacher, I've actually seen that happen so many times. I feel like I want to ask you so badly, like when has it ever become like Lord of the Flies in your classroom? (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) in the past... There has been a situation where, like, someone dated someone, and of course, bum, bum, bum. right, and like, then a misunderstanding happens, and you know, children don't know how to have coping skills, so True. they're like, "Oh, she cheated on me with like a breath," <laughs> and so like it becomes like very that, and mm-hmm. then like most kids these days, I would say, are like keyboard killers, mm-hmm. like they oh, go yeah. online and then they'll just like spam the crap out of your inbox and i'm just like what good does that do oh yeah um 
But yeah, I would definitely say. I mean, that even happens to like anyone. That no, and yeah. that's that's the the micro version of canceling. You know, like <laughs> that's you know the 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 civilian to civilian cancellation yeah. kind of thing. Which I guess if you could really just say it, that means that it's just cyberbullying. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you know, we were open to the internet, yeah. and now like we've just made things worse. Kind of. Like I you mean... like think of Reddit. Think of like. Twitter, yeah. right? Twitter is yeah. like the customer service page of like, America. It is. Because we complain about everything on Twitter and then try to show off on Instagram. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> Do we... Listen, aesthetics or die. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I, I don't know because the thing is, again, I don't think cancel culture is ever going to, to not exist as long as we have the means that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, social media is not going anywhere. Even if, because you know, it's like how um, Instagram, for example, is trying to get rid of people's ability to see likes in an attempt to mm-hmm. to assuage bullying and and you right. know self esteem issues like that. There's always going to be a way that people will figure out how to 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 judge, mm-hmm. and humans naturally enter into conversations to judge people. So, can- cancel culture is just sort of a symptom of that, mm-hmm. and it's. It's not going anywhere. Is it? Is it right or wrong? Is it helpful? Probably not. I don't know. I feel like sometimes it can be helpful to like show somebody is wrong. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know. It just depends on that person and if they're like narcissistic. Can you think of an example where you think that cancel culture was like an effective way to get someone to change positively? From like um, a corporate standpoint. Right. So, okay. So Hallmark recently, right. Mm -hmm. They pulled this ad that had two, um, women getting married. God forbid. Right. And the conservatives, conservatives, like, you know, I can only imagine like Karen at home being like, I don't want my children to see this. Um, essentially like, I am a birthday card. Right. (laughs) Like probably phoned in. And so there was like, I guess 3 million conservative people who did that. And it was like, it's Hallmark guys. Let's chill out. But um, essentially they removed it, right? And everyone on the internet was freaking out, yeah. like angry, as so they should. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, JK, we'll put it back. <laughs> and so like, I feel like from that standpoint, that couldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's happened actually a lot of times yeah. in like corporations. And then you have like the opposite end where corporations just start trolling negative people on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like Starbucks, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were canceled because of like what was it a cup yeah um the, the merry christmas battle right the, the war on christmas right and so like that turned into a whole thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then guess what it like blew over yeah. you know what is is good about cancel culture um maybe not even just cancel culture but again this is how you can use it to your advantage is you can really establish what your brand is and who you want to be mm-hmm. in the midst of a crisis. Because someone who wants to come for me when I say, you know, something outlandish, I can be like, listen, you can unfollow me, you can block me, you can do anything you want to protect whatever you feel like, you know, your modern sensibilities are. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely do it. But just so we're very clear, this is my standpoint. Even if you look at like... um what is it like Wendy's will always go after Burger King or right. you know crap like that you can establish how your brand is 
And you can be like, listen, these are, are lighthearted things, but just so, just so you're clear, I take this seriously. This is what my brand is. This is who I'm going right. to be. And it's you you get to shape yourself in the middle of things, but you have to be careful and do it well. Because if you look at someone who, you know, I don't really like the phrase, but it's like on the wrong side of history or something mm, like right. J.K. Rowling or things like that, where it's like it's very clear that you know, socially we're more liberal and you're kind of standing against it. Right. You do have to figure out like, okay, where do I want to stand once this blows over? Do I still want to be seen as transphobic? Right. Because if I don't, I really need to dig my heels in and figure right. out how I'm going to make statements. Um, and, and, and so that is something that... You know, if there's someone out there listening who wants to be famous, wants to consider, you know, <laughs> think of that. Definitely think of that. You know, but I could see the benefit of, of cancel culture in the sense of holding people accountable. Look at, right. um, like you heard all the crap with T.I., right? T.I. Yeah, yeah. That was and the so Hyman thing intense and, yeah. and disgusting. Just nasty. And his and daughter unfollowed him. I know, I know. And, you know, he went on... Um, what is it? The Smiths Red Table Talk, you know, Jada and, and yeah. he came out and he, he, he did sort of this like what a lot of people saw as like a half acidly apology mm-hmm. where it was, you know, he's like, I didn't realize it was gonna get this reaction. I've I've changed my ways you kind don't of thing. Say, sir. Yeah, right. And it's and it's crazy, but funny enough, he came to Kenya and because I'm a boss, I was able to go backstage. And so, you know, he's performing and everything. And what you really saw is, like, everyone is going wild for him, you know? It was insane. And you can say, well, you know, that's Kenya, blah, blah, blah. People still knew what had happened. Right. People were still informed what he had said. But he wasn't canceled, you know? And, and it's funny because we were talking about it earlier. It's like, I care so much that baby seals are getting clubbed. But not enough to do anything about right. it. Someone out there cares so much that T.I. is disgusting with his daughter and checks her hymen. Not enough to do a lot about it. So cancel culture, again, gives people what they feel is ammunition. But yeah. it, it doesn't doesn't really assuade. It doesn't stop anything. Yeah, and I would even say that like maybe it's just like systematic of like overreacted behavior at times. Yeah. Where like, I don't know, there's so many times where things have been like a miscommunication too. So many times. Do you think that, like, we, because of, I don't know if it's because of social media or what, but I feel like our generation has given itself a lot of permission to overreact to mm-hmm. things. Like, I, I, I don't know if I want to say I love being a millennial, but I am one. Yeah. But I do feel like our generation is very dramatic because we have such disdain for the world. Yeah. I, yeah, we are. And I mean... <laughs> I think, like, it's very easy for us. I mean, looking at it from the perspective of, like, things in 2010, 2011, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. things were offensive, but, like, we didn't recognize it. Mm -mm. And then now fast forward to, like, 2019, almost to be 2020. Like, we are so reactive to be like, no, Mm -hmm. like, we're shutting this down. And, like, I don't think that's bad behavior, but I do think that's something that we need to think about and how dangerous that can be. Yeah. Because when we're talking about communicating across lines of differences yeah like we're we're shutting out a different perspective and not that i'm saying like let's all allow Mm -hmm. you know homophobic 
GOP candidates to run around and like say whatever they want to say. But like, I do think that there is some beauty and some understanding and developing that compromise of understanding the other aisle or other side. I mean, know thine enemy at the end of the day. Like if this is the hill you want to die on, the best thing you can do is let whoever you're going up against talk themselves into a hole Mm -hmm. because the way the world is shifting globally is, you know, thank God in my favor, but it's, it is going more like liberal, for example. So when you do have these people, you know, on the GOP and you have like really conservative people talk, they do tend to talk themselves into a hole, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that is because they tend to be met with the, the social reactions of like what you're doing isn't okay. So it's, it's, it's better to allow the other side to speak and you can sort of collect yourself and then you simply give your rebuttal. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, with cancel culture, it's you would rather let them dig their own grave, yeah. you know? I, I would rather do that. If I was ever asked to debate with someone, I'm going to let you speak because I want you to give me ammunition right. kind of thing. With, you know, what cancel culture is, I feel like it, I mean, again, it, it makes people feel like they have a lot of power so I understand why it developed but just it's not a a, a benefit I understand the benefit of publicly shaming people I get that like yeah (laughs) it reminds me of like a game of thrones scene where she's walking down it's like shame exactly exactly I understand the benefit of like have making people feel ashamed and and having the public sort of be aware of of their actions Mm -hmm. um but also it's 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 hard because it's like we do we do kind of forget that like they're humans like we're literally talking about like these people as if they were just like some entity that needs to go away and they're not it's like this is a human who has a life who who maybe at one point made a mistake like Lizzo for example was attempted to, to be canceled because long story short she ordered food it didn't get delivered and she called this woman out you know, publicly by name, which could put this woman in danger, you know, don't reveal personal stuff. So I think it's very different because we're treating personal issues or family issues or things like that as if they were also social justice issues. Mm. I can't compare Lizzo and T.I.'s situation to the Harvey, <laughs> the Harvey Feinstein, Feinstein or, yeah, Berger. yeah, Feinstein situation, Weinstein situation. That's like, you know, he assaulted you know, tens of women, hugely impactful in the media. Like, this is absolutely insane, you know, history and history and history of assault to, like, she was mean to a delivery girl. He doesn't know how to handle his daughter because he's gross. Like, we, we, those can't be coupled together. Right. And it's just, so, cancel culture is just too, too vague when you're dealing with human beings. Right. Do you think that it'll, like, in our lifetime, be able to dissipate? Or will it, like, transform into something new? I feel like it's more likely to transform. Um, It's hard because I feel like the real question is, do you ever think we're going to be more understanding of differences? (laughs) I don't think so. I I mean, like, we have, I mean... Yeah, no, (laughs) I don't think so. Because the reality of what we are living in, I think, one, things have changed dramatically in the last five years Mm -hmm. um, in all realms. 
I mean, like, any profession you're in, it's just, it's changed. Any life you've lived, it's changed. But Mm -hmm. I think, in general, what we're seeing is there's going to be more individuals that are just thinking that their opinion matters. Yeah. um, And that's how they're going to, like, sway opinion. And in reality, like, no one gives a shit. The thing, you're... You're in and out so quick, right. honestly. You you really are in and out so quick until you reach a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though that the people who do tend to to express like a more like outlandish opinion tend to not get to be as big. Like, look right. at the people who are mad. Look at Beyonce. Beyonce hasn't written a caption on Instagram in years. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, we don't know what her opinions on things are until she like gives us her performance and then doesn't comment on the performance, you know? So it's, I will say that it impacts your career in sort of that sense. I do think that when you are famous though, you do have an obligation to speak up against the things that you believe are wrong. Mm. Um, And wherever that leads you, it leads you. I feel like though... Again, because, like, socially, majority of us do tend to weigh in the more liberal side. I don't know if we're going to be more understanding of differences, but I I just kind of think we're all slowly going to have the same social views, you know? Like, I just feel like we're all going to slowly become more and more similar to the point where maybe it's not even going to fucking matter anymore. Right, dystopia style. Oh, God. I know. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess we'll have to see how that hands out I guess in our future I feel like in the next two years things are just going to be very different and Mm -hmm. people are going to be very hypersensitive to certain things Mm -hmm. which isn't a bad thing at times but I just feel like sometimes the general public is super overreactive Mm -hmm. like for instance I just got in a fight with this girl on Facebook um like to school yeah I know (laughs) um and there was a situation that popped up about an uber driver Mm -hmm. right and this uber driver old old african-american man um and he like picked up this woman from amazon Mm -hmm. and she was complaining about how she was sick and they were having a conversation and he like pulled out some like essential oils and said like you should smell this it'll help you feel better Mm -hmm. and so she then like screen captured his face and then like posted in a group and then just started getting shared everywhere right and he had to go on the news and like basically defend himself or before her oil right okay. that she claimed was like she thought was chloroform uh-huh and so this girl was like trying to argue about that like women are cautious and that like i need to see from her perspective and in my mind i'm looking at from like a racial equity standpoint mm-hmm. you look at emmett till you know the scottsboro trials yeah. you think about the um central park five yeah right all those things and i'm just like how overreactive white women can be yep and so like for me, looking at cancel culture, I'm just like, dang, you really threw this man's face out there. Mm-hmm. And somebody had posted underneath it and said, like, I think what was perfect is, like, they discussed, like, how do you know what chloroform is, essentially? And yeah. he was defending that and he was explaining, like, you have to breathe it in yeah. multiple times before you pass out. A little sniff is it Right. Gonna, you know. Yeah. And so, and then <sighs> her response is like, well, people don't know that. So, and his response is, ignorance doesn't. Um, justify villainization of a person. Exactly. And I'm like, that is on point and perfect. I mean, like, we are all just people. 
That and that's that's what I mean. There's there's such a a difference within cancel culture. There are subcultures of cancellation, right. and that is what I it doesn't get discussed enough. Because if I'm canceling a celebrity for doing something horrible, you know, for believing, and like and it's going to trial and things like that, it's very very different mm-hmm. from canceling like a normal human being because it can get this big the impact of social media the impact of news and the impact of circulating this mm, information right. can really impact and the thing is you know a celebrity can can pay their way out of it can work their way out of it you know we hire people to teach us how to get out of these things right. a normal human being is just like going to lose their job is just going to 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 literally be what you wanted and destitute right. and horrible over something that that because you didn't do enough research, but mm-hmm. you made this assumption about, you know, whatever internalized misogyny and racism she might have had, now did that to this guy, you know? Because, yep. of course, you know, you make decisions based on how you grew up, how your past was, things like that. And so, you know, I can't speak to however she entered that car and, you know, whatever she was thinking, but I can say I know how the world is. Right. And I know how white women interact with black men a lot of the time. Right. I know how you see Uber drivers. I know how that is something that everyone can kind of softly relate to, even if they don't want to say it. Right. But when you're doing person to person interactions you you shouldn't be able to connect it to count, to cancel culture it shouldn't even exist in the same realm because it's it's so much deeper than that cuz you're not i mean you're right it's it's a human being that you're essentially saying i don't want you to have a good life anymore because right. you could have been doing something bad the, the, there's a theory even if you look up it's funny, you know, to prepare for this a little bit. I went on Urban Dictionary and I looked up what cancel culture was. And mm-hmm. part of the definition was, like, without a lot of evidence or research. <laughs> like, literally, part of the definition is that cancel culture is inherently reactionary. Right. Because, I mean, I also think that where we're living now is a very paranoid society. But that's also because paranoia sells danger sells yeah yellow journalism at its finest exactly exactly i mean even on my show what we consider to be like a slow news day even though we're not a news show is when it's like there's no drama happening you know we're talking about whose ex-girlfriend is saying what kind of thing and then we have you know the the juicier days of like a woman was assaulted a man was beaten a thing was happening kind of thing Mm -hmm. So we, it's what we gravitate towards, however sad that may be, it's right. what we gravitate towards. And so we're just trying to, to make money from it. So there, there's definitely people that are somehow benefiting from cancel culture financially. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> people love a good old mob. People like, love a good old mob. They really do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. All right, well... Can we think of any solutions to that or solutions to cancel culture? Um, realistically, I don't know. Unrealistically, I guess the only thing you can honestly do is encourage people to like take a breath before they act. Like the only way that you can assuade people from from being so reactionary is being like chill. Think about what's happening. Think about the steps, you know, because like 
the example you just did, how the young girl was like, oh, you know, women have to be more cautious and, you know, we have to think a few steps ahead. It's like, okay, think a few steps ahead in literally every situation. Mm -hmm. Because the woman who was in the car who, who started this whole thing had to get out, think about posting, think about what she was doing. She had to choose to do what she was doing at every single step. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing you can really tell people is like, think before every single step. Are you ready to to be the person who ended this man's life as he knows it? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Like, is this the hill you want to die on? Yeah. You know? <laughs> because if it's not, just don't do it. You know, don't be that person. Even when I was working on Nairobi Diaries, people were like, oh, you know, you never fought. You never did anything. And I always tell people, you know, joking, I was like, oh, well, you know, at that point, I wasn't married yet. I don't want to be deported. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I don't know what would happen if I fight. But also, you know, a lot of it was like, is this the hill I want to die in? Am I I really ready to get in like a physical altercation with this person Mm. over, I don't know, stepping on her shoe? Like something stupid. And although we feel powerful... At our keyboards, you know, keyboard courage. How far are you willing to go? Because you never know how far. I don't know if this woman knew it was going to go this far. Right. You know, but you have to be prepared for it. Might when we were on the webisode talking about, you know, anal and threesomes <laughs> and all that shit. We had no idea it was going to get a hundred k views in a week. You know, we had no Such idea we were going to be reactions. Tried. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's society though they're still not like open about sex um, but we're not even very open about it right here either we're not at all it's we're just like put those titties away yeah i mean we're definitely more liberal as far as sex compared to plenty of places in the world right. but the the way because i mean if you went to like europe and mm-hmm. if you asked one of them they would be like americans are raping everyone <laughs> you know they would be right. like what, what you know what is it about america that everyone is touching everyone yeah. that's actually so true yeah like they probably read our news lines like even the president is touching people. exactly exactly you know we're horrendous right but there's so many and that's why you need things like you know, inter intersectional feminism is the, the most obvious example, but really you just need intersectional exposure right. to life. Like whatever lens you want to look at it through, you need an interse- intersectional exposure to every aspect of like what your life is, mm-hmm. whether it's food, whether it's finances, whether it's culture, anything you need to be able like, okay, so how is this going to react with the world around me? Right. You know, and then, Hopefully you don't get canceled. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, like, people who, one, post things that are inaccurate, Mm -hmm. like, they need to be suspended (laughs) from their social media, in my personal opinion. Like boomers, though. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, old people that are, like, reposting The Onion. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, like, believing it's true. Right, like, (laughs) Chicago hires Plow to, like, scoop up 18 pounds of bullet cases <laughs> shit like that they're like i told you but they're uh, the same people who will post like repost the status so your facebook will get deleted <laughs> <laughs> yeah or the like oh i've gotten so many of those recently i'm just like come on they're everywhere honestly and i i understand if you believe that when facebook first came out but it's like 
Oh man, that's not how technology works. That's not how this works. That's exactly. not how any of this, this works. works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, yeah, I do think that people should be suspended if they're wrong. But <laughs> um, some might call me a socialist for that. You know, but like isn't having... that sort of first level cancel culture? For stupid people, yeah. <laughs> but you see, here you are. You're like, you're like, I would like to silence the idiots. Thank yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> silence them now. No, we should do the fucking lottery. You remember that book? Mm-hmm. Where they like all picked a rock, and then the person in the middle was actually the one they were going to stone to death. Yeah. Like, stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I do think that there aren't many solutions to the problem besides trying to be more transparent in dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's super difficult in general for anyone in any generation. You have to, you have to want to be that person is mm-hmm. the thing. Like, and it takes so much energy because the thing is like there there's so much shit that you can fight over Mm -hmm. to want to research and debate and really feel like you have like some valid facts in your argument is a lot of fucking energy to put forth and so most people don't want to do it that's why naturally most people think like what they know must be fact and i will argue it till the death right Right. which is a sad reality. It I mean, really is. It's sad because we do perpetuate, like, that garbage. We, you know, we right. perpetuate a lot of garbage online. But at the end of the day, people have the right to spew garbage. They do. You know, don't spew, like, hate and violence, but, like, people can absolutely say dumbass crap if they, they want. They really can. <sighs> Those keyboard killers. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's up to you... And then it just goes back to our point of it's up to you as the individual to take whatever is said and be able to refute it with fact. Right. And it's, it might be hard to find fact, but it's like you have to be willing to look for it. Exactly. <laughs> True. Well, that wraps up um, our in-depth dialogue in our first episode. But before we go, um, I want to give a special shout out to Dana. Oh. Um, and I want to let her share any product, project that she is working on or um, her socials where you can find her. Or you don't have to share them because you don't want anyone to find you. <laughs> to cancel you. <laughs> to cancel me, oh God. Um, as far as special projects, other than finding me on social media, which is where you're going to find sort of anything that I am involved in, um, my YouTube channel is going to be coming back up soon. Um, I might change the name of it, so I don't want to say it right now. So I'm just going to tell you to follow me on social media. My name is Hustle Goddess. That is Hustle Goddess, one word, no caps, on social media. Please follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I look forward to any sort of feedback I've had <laughs> to get here. <laughs> uh, and, and a special project. Um, follow my show, Ebru TV, on YouTube, Ebru TV Let's Talk. And our social media is Talk underscore official. So you can keep up to any of the tea that we're spilling on that show. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, and you can find me at Adabo in Wonderland on my Instagram page. I love it. Don't look for my last name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dana. Um, and this concludes our time. Yay.